0: Welcome to the Eileen Marks Podcast. With the heart to engage with women on the reality of life, the good, the bad, and the not so flattering, Eileen will explore all things women, discussing issues all women face with truth, reality, and rawness. Today, Eileen continues part two of an important conversation from Facebook Live with her husband, Victor Marks, all about spiritual warfare. Let's dive in.
1: So here we go. I'm gonna read a little bit. Retooling. This is exercising your God-given position and authority in dealing with demonic spirits. Again, kinda like that little deal. The purpose of this booklet is to give you a basic working guideline for exercising your God-given authority and position in dealing with demonic spirits. This is not a comprehensive study guide on the subject though. The subject of demons and evil spirits is brought up throughout the Bible. The collective understanding has been that the sphere of their operations has mostly been limited to non-believers. What we have witnessed and experienced in our lives in ministry has led us to a closer inspection of Scripture, and we believe that it has revealed some paradigm-breaking truth. Mm -hmm. So it's extremely important that we establish this on the outset. We believe according to the Holy Scriptures, a Christian— a born-again saint who has been sealed by the Holy Spirit cannot be possessed by demonic spirits. Possession implies ownership, and someone who is truly born again has been bought by the precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, it's his property. 1 Corinthians 6.20 For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. For every believer is indwelled, really, by the Holy Spirit. At the moment of salvation, that's First Corinthians 6.19, you can see it in 3.16 as well. The above being established, the New Testament writers under the unction of the Holy Spirit exhorted the early Christians to adopt many principles of spiritual warfare, starting with not being ignorant of the enemy's devices or schemes, Second 2 Corinthians 2.11. One of the most intriguing verses concerning this subject is Ephesians 4, six. It says just what you said. In your anger, do not let sin; do not let the sun go down while you're still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. In most other Bible translations, the foothold is translated as an opportunity. So, our purpose here is uh, is a key point for us to examine thoroughly is in the passage of Ephesians, who is Paul writing to? The Ephesians Christians. Is he what is he warning them of? Christians who give the devil an opportunity to gain a foothold. Mm -hmm. What's a foothold? The Greek word topos. Thyatis Greek Dictionary defines a primary, a place, any portion of space marked off as it were from surrounding spaces. Now, Mm -hmm. how's that? Any questions?
2: That's pretty clear. It's
1: pretty clear. (laughs) So that is our position. Yet why do Christians who love the Lord, can be in ministry, can be just some Christians, be doing so well. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they take a left turn. And it is just mind boggling. Mm-hmm. We're talking infidelities. We're talking addictions. We're talking suicides. We're talking
2: habitual sin. Habitual people sin. say, I don't want to do this. I can't stop doing it.
1: I mean, they're literally just stuck, right? Um, And we have found that when we pray for people using this approach, and we have a prayer we're going to show you here in just a second, mm-hmm. and we'll give you guys an opportunity to, uh, we'll send you the booklet uh, to help you. But, you know, you always have carnality. You always have the chance of false conversions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm talking about people. uh who really love the Lord, but then just struggle quietly, secretly, uh, or and and maybe even just have a, a huge fall. So we believe this: this type of spiritual warfare was formed and used by Satan himself. And Satan is known as the father of lies. It is all about lies. That's what compels Christians. That's what brings people into bondage, whether Christians or not, because we've prayed for
2: both. Because lies become people's reality. Oh, yeah.
1: You believe them long enough, and becomes your truth. So
2: someone can actually hear the truth. They're free. God's given them everything they need. But because their mind is in this thought pattern that's contrary to God's word, once they identify that it's a lie that they've been leaving living then there's freedom right and it's so simple no it is simple
1: now the the people that we've seen most that do not have strongholds are the ones that are daily Mm -hmm. consistently in the word of god um it doesn't mean you can't but the word of god tends to renew your mind right Mm -hmm. uh you're transformed And
2: and people get familiar when we're reading God's word. We're familiar with God's voice, God's word. So when the counterfeits come in, we identify them quicker because we know God's word. Yeah. We know what he is saying to us. And those lies, because they come from the accuser, the brethren. And many, many times the enemy will use people in our lives to reinforce those lies. Yeah. So it gets deeper and deeper and deeper.
1: And then you don't even you don't even get your own thoughts, and that's that's really what we're gonna expose you know, what can be effective. Now, we found praying for people in person and then even over the phone has been extremely effective. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't go beyond that because of the way the prayer is set up. It's very specific to engage the demonic to engage any demon that might be assigned to a person. Uh, And for us, it's a matter of hearing. That's it. Just tuning in and hearing and knowing your authority. Uh, I can remember praying after a church service and I asked the pastor, I said, do you want me to pray for people? He's like, yes. Oh, yes. I said, all right. It'll be on spiritual warfare and I'll deal directly with the demonic to see people get set free. Are you okay with that? He goes, yeah, sure, sure. After about five people, because we were in his office, he was sitting on the outside. By the way, half the sanctuary was packed. People waiting. This was in St. Louis. People were waiting. Uh, I'll never forget that. After after a few people had come in and out to be prayed for, he comes in and he goes, wait a minute, stop. You gotta stop this. So what's up, Pastor? He goes, I don't want people, I don't want my my Christian, you know, people I'm over, I don't want them um hearing the devil, hearing demons. I don't want them letting the demons speak out of them. I said, what? Okay, first of all, no demons are speaking out of anybody. Second of all, I can guarantee you that Christians hear the demonic all the time. Mm-hmm. Temptations, lies, thoughts, this, this. Being driven, so what's the problem, man? Mm-hmm. Uh, is anybody hurt? Is anybody messed up? He goes, No, but and then he went on to kind of qualify himself saying how he, well, you know, he knew all about spiritual warfare and he, he was raised in the Pentecostal charismatic Dylan. Da, 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 da. I was like, Okay, um, I said, Fine, I've got my assistant out there, my son. Uh, I was just doing this to try to help you folks. I got a flight to catch, I leave. But you deal with the people out there. You tell them, be honest, why I'm leaving. You don't want me praying for them anymore. And then he was like, oh, okay, wait a minute. He goes, I'm gonna sit right here. And when you pray for people, if there's anything you do that doesn't line up with the word of God, you're out. And I said, okay. Uh, I said, okay now. So, You wanna text? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so here's here's the funny here's the funny thing that happened. Uh is people kept coming in. I think we were like four hours of knowing this. And by the end, uh baby you can go. By the end of it, I can tell you right now, he when everybody was gone, he says, Hey, let me ask you something. He goes, Can you pray for me? And I said, of course. He goes, can you just check and make sure I don't have anything assigned to me? I said, pastor, of course. So I prayed for him, and you know what? He definitely had something, and he had some demonic activity in his life. And, boy, uh, he got free. For him, it was emotional because lies were revealed that he had believed so for so long. And this great thing that happened, this great thing that happened, uh, we did follow up because there were so many people that were prayed for. And uh, he wouldn't return our calls, wouldn't return texts. And finally, I had someone else have to call him. And then, uh, you know, da, da, da. and then I think I called him, called him at lunch. And I just said, hey, man, how are things going?" Oh, great. Really good. Really good. I said, you, we're trying to do follow up. And it uh, doesn't seem like, it's you know, we haven't heard from you. And this was the first thing he said. Well, you know, Victor, you know, almost all those people you prayed for weren't from my church. They were they were visiting because you were speaking. And I just went, Really? Is that where we've landed? And what happened? Even this guy getting free, understanding the schemes of the devil, and all of that, he let the peer pressure of his friends or colleagues when he maybe tried to share, knowing that they wouldn't understand, he let that crush him. And I, I I never followed up on him afterwards. I never made an attempt. I just said, Well, you do your deal, man. But I know this when God frees a person from the demonic, that's something pretty special. And you better not belittle that. And
2: Well and how sad because the Lord brought an opportunity for not only him to be free, but his people that God has called them to shepherd. And who knows? I mean, maybe maybe a lot of his people that you prayed for are walking in freedom. Yeah.
1: And, you know, I know this, that if you belong to a church or fellowship where you don't have someone there that can naturally just pray with authority to, to destroy demonic oppression and strongholds, you all ask yourself why? Mm. I mean, it, it, it's we've traveled the world, and Christians in America often say, "Well, yeah, the, the demonics overseas. What do you What do you think we have? They don't come here. Look at America. America is a bastion of wickedness. Yeah. I mean, more pornography is produced in this country than it. Oh, I mean, I don't even have to get into that, but. I just think pastors need to have someone on staff or they themselves that can easily just uh, use the Word of God to show Scripture and pray with authority so that Mm -hmm. people really do get set free. Mm -hmm. All right. Anything else before I kind of give them that line?
2: Well, I think, I mean, we can go back to Job and it talks about actually the first assault from Satan in the throne room of God, Satan is actually allowed to walk around there, which is interesting to me. But he's in a conversation with God, and he starts accusing. No, actually, God says, have you considered my servant Job, Uh who's an upright man, loved God. And Satan was accusing Job of the only reason he is blessing God is because God has blessed him with wealth and And so much in that days, it was very tangible. But here's here's my point, and this is something that actually taught me more about my authority and God's protection, is when Satan is talking with God, and God said, have you considered my servant Job? He says to God, you have a hedge of protection around Job. Mm -hmm. And that's why he couldn't touch him. So I think as believers down here, we... When we access God, we have that same protection. Job was a righteous man. That was the first qualification. He loved God. When we love God, we're walking in righteousness with him, I believe God gives us a hedge of protection that the enemy can't get through.
1: Yeah, I I agree. So
2: when we talk about spiritual warfare, it's understanding that first, and then next is the authority that God's given us. So
1: we'll give you this outline. And then you know you can contact us through the email, victormarks.com forward slash contact, uh, or you can send us an, an email and we'll we'll send you uh this week sometime because I'm sure we get a lot of requests, the retooling little workbook you can use, and you can email us at hello, just hello at victormarks.com. So here's basically it. Again. You can change, add, delete, use your own, whatever it doesn't, you know, not every situation requires this structure. I've prayed for people where, uh, I mean, i pray prayed for people where you just have to pray in the name of Jesus and then you see them, see them get free and from strong demonic activity, uh, from believers to non-believers, uh, Christians, who are in ministry, I mean, and who love the Lord. But I'll tell you, this is probably, in our opinion, this is probably the boldest statement we make. I think that in the U.S., Christians having assignments against them or strongholds is the number one reason we're not seeing revival, period, period. And you can focus on, I mean, my gosh, the number of pastors that are addicted to porn right now, the number of uh, marriages ending in divorce, uh, the list, the addictions, it's just, all this is extreme. Mm-hmm. And I'm not blaming the person. I'm not putting people down. I'm saying, look, uh, there are scriptures that promise us a a better direction of life. And I'm talking direction, not perfection. Okay? So... Uh, there are going to be some that watch this and you actually have demonic activity in your life. You've yielded yourself so far and so much that this will either, you'll mock this approach because the demonic that has influenced your mind will actually be just giving you thoughts to mock this. Uh, there'll be others that it, it, you'll, you'll feel fearful about it mm-hmm. and you shouldn't at all
2: well and somebody mentioned that spiritual discernment um is a gift it is and that is in first uh, first corinthians 12 talks about the diversity of the gifts it is also faith so god gives it to whom he feels fit and wants to do it so if we don't have it i think we can ask for it because he doesn't want to withhold any good things from us so that's why I do think some people have an easier time in the spiritual realm because it's a gift that God's given them. Yeah,
1: I, I agree. All right, so I'll just kind of read off this kind of little approach that we use. And um, we're going to teach more about this, but we just wanted to get this out here because I believe this can help people in the area of mind manipulation, intrusive thoughts, uh, and what, what goes on with that. So when I pray for someone, I kind of open the session and I say, Lord, uh, we ask for a seamless canopy of your blood to surround this room. Please destroy any works of darkness on the outside and those that may be trapped here. Cut their communication off, Lord. God, we ask for a circle of judgment to be placed in the realm we can't see, but know it exists. Please, Lord, post two of your warring angels on either side uh, for control and order. And then I say, you know, Father, Shine your light directly from your throne into this realm where the demonic activity, uh, operates and might be a sign against this particular individual. Okay. And, uh, if there is, sometimes there is, sometimes there's, there's not, right? Uh, so I, I'd say, Lord, uh, I plead the blood of Jesus over this person's mind and I ask God that you just give them a clear uh, hearing and understanding. Then I tell the person, look, all I want you to do is tell me what you hear. I'm going to engage the demonic, very clear, very concise. I need you to tell me what they're saying when I ask them questions. Because your mind, you know, your the soulless realm, mind, will, and emotions, not your spirit, because your spirit is completely protected. But your mind is where darts come, right? Fiery darts. So I simply say, just tell me what you hear. And they go, okay. And I go, we, I'll wait about 15 seconds. If you don't hear anything... Just tell me, I'm not hearing anything. So I, this is the first question I ask. Well, and this is how I engage the demonic. I say, demon, do you know my voice and by what authority I come to you in? And that is the person of Jesus Christ. Demon, if there is one, I command you now to get into that circle of judgment. Kneel down, bow your head in shame. You're to answer my questions clearly, concisely, quickly and correctly or you'll be punished by the warring angels on either side of you. And then I just say, "Demon, by what name do you most go by?" I let the person just kind of trying to tune, right? Uh, and then it will say, um, "I just heard this name, or that name, or this." I never give leading. I never say, "Is it that? Is it this?" I don't. I'm quiet. And I've heard all kind of extremes. Mm-hmm. And I just write it down or record it on my phone so that this person can go back later. Uh, because we we like data points on what's consistent. So person goes, I heard this name. So I write it down. And I go, great. That's a Demon, uh, how old was your subject when you first got assigned to him? And the person goes, oh, tells me the age, you know, eight. 13, 45, I say, what was going on at that particular age? Remind the person now. And the demon has to, he has to communicate. Because remember, he's being judged by God Almighty. Uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, helping to facilitate this. So the demon will answer, and he does. And then I say this, what's the top three lies, most effective lies you've used against this person? First lie then second lie and then third lie and the the, the person um the, the person will say oh my gosh oh my gosh I'm worth I'm worthless or I'll never amount to anything or God doesn't love me or whatever. It it none of the answers matter as long as it's what they're hearing. That that's what matters, right? So I just write them down, the top three lies, and then I I say demon, what was your purpose? What were you assigned to accomplish? What was your goal? What were you assigned to accomplish? And the demon will normally tell us, and and the person just tells me what he hears. He goes, "Oh my God, to destroy my life." That's I just heard that. I said, "Okay, let's write it down," and then I'll ask the person. You know, and the person when when you're when you're praying for somebody they can keep their eyes open, they can close their eyes um, I find that oftentimes a lot of the super religious kind of typical things don't really matter uh meaning uh sometimes the person won't hear anything they'll just kind of be stuck They're, God I don't hear anything I don't hear anything and uh I'll say okay, and I'll just say let me find out if you have a." Let's ask the Lord if you have any type of sin in your life that's impeding this per time. So I'll go, Lord, would you by your loving conviction show this person if there's any sin in their life? And the person may go, um, oh yeah, this. And it, sometimes they sometimes they want to tell me some. they don't have to. They just have to tell me, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely something comes to mind. And I and I just say, okay, well, agree with God. That's wrong, and ask for forgiveness. And I've seen people like kind of get what they're used to. They're like, Lord God in heaven above, all, and they just kind of do this long. And I'm like, all you have to do is agree with them, ask them to forgive you, mean it, mm-hmm. and then the Bible's very clear that He will when you confess your sins. He's faithful and just, mm-hmm. and. To forgive you of all unrighteousness and to cleanse you. And the person kind of, oh. So it kind of, it kind of changes some people's approach. It's ineffective. So um, we'll we'll continue. And the next question I ask is, is, um, you know, uh, are you, are you the head demon in charge of the stronghold against this person? Because there typically is one head demon that is in charge of any others, it could be one other, it could be just him, it could be three, eight, I've had hundreds, and, you know, typically the more there are, it's kind of evident in the person's life, right, so it doesn't have anything to do with your spiritual value, it just means, wow, the enemy could just be really pounding you, and um, so, uh, the demon will answer yes or no. If it's no, then we we go, we, okay, well, we we'll just write that down. And then I finish that by saying, if it's if it's no, then we need to continue uh, with, you know, after this, any other demons. I like to find the head demon and then absolutely get him to, you know. It seems like when you get the head demon, everything else is easy. That's just kind of our approach. You don't have to do it. Uh so uh so let's say he's a head demon. And I say, How many others are under your command? Three, five, eight, sixteen. And the person's normally like nervous. I go, just tell them what you hear, it doesn't really matter. Um and then I say, Do you have a legal right to stay assigned to this person any longer? And the person will go, I hear no. I go, That's great. yeah If it's yes, then we say, Lord, what is the legal right? Is, is, is it a sin in this person's life? If it is, would you show them? Then, I mean, nine times out of 10, it's just, it's just unconfessed sin, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and well, the only other thing that we've seen, uh, that small percentage, it, it could be some type of, you know, dedication or curse from a family member mm-hmm. when you were a child. And we just say, Hey man. That has got no bearing on you, so you take your authority and just break that. Say, I don't accept it. I, you know, I break that in the name of Jesus. So, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, any, any questions? Is this is this okay, folks? So far, uh,
2: it's so simple. I, I don't th- even when Jesus was confronting demons, it was not a circus. It was a no. matter of fact. The demons knew who Jesus was. They knew his authority. And Jesus said he gives us the authority. It's the same authority.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So uh, the next thing, after we find that out, I just simply go, okay, uh, what is the one truth that God's been trying to tell this person their whole life or whatever was the one truth? That God's been trying to tell this person that you, demon, have worked so mm. hard to keep them from believing,
2: mm.
1: and this is a. This tends to be a.
2: It's so powerful. It's so
1: powerful, and and it's just. It's kind of like, you know, I mean, it's always simple. God loves me. Mm-hmm. And he goes. I just hear God loves me, <clears throat> or whatever it is. It's it's powerful enough to get past a person's mind into their their core Mm -hmm. they know they know that they know and man that that that's a huge breakthrough
0: thanks for joining us for part two of today's episode be sure to stay tuned for part three as we continue the conversation next week We'd love to stay connected with you and invite you to the conversation beyond this podcast. You can check out more of the work Eileen is doing around the world with her husband, Victor, at victormarks.com, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all linked in the show notes. Leave a review and let us know if you found any part of this conversation helpful. We always look forward to hearing from you. Until next time.